Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 130. It's August 6, 2015. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, in today's episode, we're going to talk about the big sell-off that we saw on Wall Street today. In particular, we're going to talk about the media meltdown, where very high-quality stocks like Disney plunged over 11% in just the last two trading sessions. This has been a broad sell-off. It's affecting all aspects of the market. So we're going to talk about those things. I'm also going to talk about what you want to watch for so that you can be prepared if things get worse. Right now, the market is in an uptrend under pressure. It's been that way for several weeks, and it's really been that way on and off throughout the year as the market's traded in a very tight zone, even though we've seen the indexes making all-time highs. This has been a very uncertain, volatile market, and much of the market's status this year has been in uptrend under pressure. Tomorrow's Friday. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see a bigger sell-off and the market go into a correction status. Now, having said that, this is a ping-pong seesaw market, and it could just as easily spike up tomorrow as fall apart. Flip a coin, but whatever you do, be cautious. Hey, before I get started, I did want to do a little housekeeping. I'd like to thank the people that have notified me that they're not receiving email updates from my firm's website, investablewealth.com. That's where you can sign up for my free uh, blog updates. There's been a glitch in the software, I think, over the last four to six weeks when uh, I installed some new software. A small minority of people appear uh, not to be receiving the updates. So those of you that have notified me, thank you. I'm working on it. I'm planning on doing a reinstallation, and hopefully the problems will go away. So let's talk about today's deep sell-off. It affected all the indexes. The NASDAQ closed down more than 1.6% in very heavy trading. That puts it well below its 50-day moving average. The S&P wasn't down as much on a percentage basis. It only dropped about 77 basis points, but it came close to touching its 200-day moving average today. And again, the, the trade there was in very high volume. Probably about 24% more shares traded today than averaged over the last 50 days. So we're seeing a lot more people exiting the markets than coming into it. That means the big institutional investors, the pension funds, the hedge funds, those people are all running for the doors. As I mentioned, the market is in an uptrend under pressure. It has not yet moved into a full-fledged correction. I would think that if in the next day or so, and on Fridays, it's not unusual to see you know sell-offs ahead of the weekend, um, I would suspect that if the S&P breaks below its 200-day moving average, we could see Investors Business Daily calling this market status as marketing correction. What's really worrisome about this market is that the downtrend is broad and across the board. It's affecting the large companies, the big blue chips, the very uh, favored stocks, as well as hitting the smaller growth companies. The Russell 2000, which is an index of the small cap stocks, it was down 1.37% today, and it is below its 200-day moving average. And we're seeing a similar thing over at the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is the big, you know, the largest 30-yard, largest uh, blue chip industrial companies in America. All the big names, the very favored dividend-paying stocks, that index has been struggling for about two weeks. It's well below its 200-day moving average. That's not a good sign. Oil and commodity prices continue to drop. Right now, we're seeing West Texas Intermediate trading below $45. Despite all the turbulence and the fear in the market, 
Gold just can't rally. It is uh, somewhere, I guess, around $1,090 or less right now. Utility stocks fared fairly well today. They were up probably about 20 basis points. Uh, the utility stocks are a go-to place for safety. But having said that, utility stocks haven't been a very safe harbor this year. They're down year-to-date about 5.5%. Those that are concerned about their money, they're invested in things like utilities that pay reliable dividends. Well, the principal in those accounts so far year-to-date, you know, being down about 5.5%. So that's what you have to be concerned with. Even though something pays a dividend and, and it's not necessarily going to go out of business, you have to remember that your principal is always at risk. And if you're owning a utility stock and it's paying a, you know, a 3% dividend, well, that's all well and good. But so far, the markets really haven't got dicey yet. And we're seeing that utilities are already down over 5.5%, you know, that you've lost off of your principal if you're investing in that type of sector. So be cautious, be careful. Other defensive areas are not doing well either. Consumer staples was down almost half a percent today. Healthcare stocks took a big hit. They were down 2%. Now that's been a favored sector of the economy. They've performed well all year. But when you see healthcare taking a 2% hit in one day, that's very concerning. The other thing that I want to point your attention to is the problems in China. The slowdown in their economy is very real. The collapse of their stock market is still uh, occurring, even though it's kind of out of the headlines. You're not hearing many people talk about it anymore. You'll recall that they had a major plunge in their stock market in June, and then the government came in and intervened, and they tried to prop things up. Well, that went through uh, to about mid-July. But since then, the Shanghai index has fallen another 800 points or so. I don't think the hemorrhaging is over in China. That has a major spillover effect, not only in prices of commodities, but also in the effect it's having on American stocks. We've discussed this in the past. That's one of the things that's affecting Apple stock right now. Something like 30% of the iPhone 6 sales over the last 18 months have occurred in China. So if there's a major slowdown in China, Apple's bottom line is going to be affected. Apple stock over the last three to four weeks has dropped about 13.5-14% from its high. It's trading right now well below its 200-day moving average. Now, we know that Apple's a great company. It's not in danger of going out of business or imploding. But the point is, if you're holding Apple stock in the last three weeks, your assets have depreciated close to 14%. That's a big nut to swallow. And I believe that's primarily from spillover in China. Speaking of China, one of the narratives in the media has been that the, the bubble that has burst in the Chinese stock market has mostly affected Chinese citizens. Uh, these are unsophisticated investors. They took their life savings. They really, they really didn't understand uh, how to invest in the stock market. And because they were unsophisticated, you know, they, they bid up these prices. They caused a large bubble to occur over there. And now it's popped. And again, it really isn't going to affect us because this is just these individual investors in China. And the middle class there makes up, you know, just such a small percent of their overall economy that it just isn't going to be a big deal. It isn't going to affect Chinese consumer consumption or anything like that. Well, again, I don't believe that. I've been saying that for a while now. You've heard me say that. This narrative that it's just these unsophisticated, small-time Chinese individual investors that have gotten caught up in this bubble, it's just not true. If you look at major Chinese stocks which have been trading on, on American indexes, 
This is what's referred to as ADRs, American Depository Receipts. Many of these companies have uh, attracted a lot of Wall Street money. They have seen their assets appreciate astronomically in the last three years. Uh, these are names that you, you might recognize. Acorn, Alibaba Group, AutoNative, Baidu, BitAuto. That's just to name a few, but they've been high flyers and they've attracted a lot of Wall Street money over the past two to three years. Well, let's look at some of these darlings of Wall Street right now. These are not stocks that the unsophisticated individual investor in China invested in. Baidu, year to date, down over 23%. Alibaba, down 24% year to date. These have been the favored darlings on Wall Street. They've been hit big time by a correction. So don't believe the media narrative that the meltdown in China is all the fault of these middle class individual investors in China. They're unsophisticated and don't know what they're doing. The big boys on Wall Street took it in the shorts just as hard. Well, let's focus back on American stocks. As I mentioned, this sell-off has been broad across the board. And what I want to point out is that the leading stocks have been hit just like the weaker stocks. That's important for you to understand if you want to get out of the buy and hold syndrome. Markets move in trends. And when the trend is down, it affects the majority of stocks. Even good, high-quality stocks are going to see their price adversely affected if the market moves into a correction. And what's really concerning about the market that we're in right now is that so many of these really good stocks are overvalued. They have very high valuations. I'm going to give you an example about that as, as we go on in the episode today. Before we do that, let's focus in on some big high-name stocks that have taken a beating recently. Palo Alto Networks. That's one of the internet security stocks. It's done incredibly well all year long. I've been watching it. I've been hesitant to invest in that sector because although I know it's a favored industry and a, a favored group and has a lot of potential, the problem with the internet security or the lack of internet security is that every corporation, every major company in America, every major company in the world, every world government is at risk of being hacked and taken down. And yet, I don't think the stock market has priced that in. How devastating that could be to the financial health of any country. Well, because of those threats, those stocks like Palo Alto Networks have done very well. I've hesitated moving into that space because I just don't understand it. I don't know who has the best technology. There are a lot of people vying for positions. I think there's a number of companies that are just throwing out smoke and mirrors. And they really don't have a good system, but their, their stocks have still appreciated incredibly well. Well, Palo Alto Networks, one of these favored internet security stocks, it was down over 8% today. It's below its 50-day moving average. Over the last three weeks or so, it's down almost 13%. It has an astronomical valuation. It's price net right now, uh, based on its forward earnings, of 280 times. That's a P.E., a price-to-earnings ratio of 280. Now, the company is definitely in a growing sector, but even considering that, that's an incredibly high valuation, particularly when we don't know if long-term Palo Alto is going to have the technology that the market needs to stop hacking and, and to provide the, the, the needed Internet security. There's a whole host of characters that are vying for market share in this sector, and the market hasn't been proved out yet. So to be paying nearly 300 times earnings is just mind-boggling. I'm going to throw out some more names here just randomly from a list that I have. 
Kerr Green Mountain. These are the coffee roasters, the people that make the little individual serving uh, coffee servings. Again, another sweetheart of Wall Street. They've been favored for probably the last five years or more. Their stock's done incredibly well. Well, that consumer discretionary market's taking a beating right now. Curry Green Mountain Coffee Roasters today was down almost 30%. And from their high when they peaked last, I think it was November, maybe uh, maybe December of 2014, from their peak just over these last seven months or so, they're down nearly 70%. Even with that major collapse in their pricing, their valuation is still over 20 times earnings. I promise you a year ago, people were holding on to this stock and they thought that it was never going to drop. It broke its 50-day moving average in November, and it's been downhill ever since. 30% today alone. What about Twitter? How much hype have you heard about Twitter? They have a business model that in my mind is very questionable. I don't think they're going to get the advertising appeal that you see on a Facebook. Twitter's been promoted by people in the media because they tend to use it, that they like that type of technology. And while it is very effective for things like breaking news, it's hard to see how you're going to monetize the advertising aspect of it. Now, Twitter is another stock that's had astronomical valuations, but it's just not living up to the hype uh, that it had when it came out of its IPO. It hit its all-time high about a year ago. It's down 50%. And even with the 50% collapse in pricing, its valuation is still over 100 times earnings. Imagine how much farther it could still tumble. Another one of the big hyped stocks, Tesla. Today it was down almost 9%. It's down over 15% from its high. And again, even with that, it has an astronomical valuation. Because the company's never made any money. They only produce about 55,000 cars a year. I'm pulling that number out of the top of my head, but I believe that's what I what I recall. But yet they have a market capitalization of $31 billion. General Motors has been making cars for, you know, over 100 years. Their market capitalization is only $50 billion. Think of that. Tesla's making maybe, you know, 50,000 cars a year. And the capital that's been invested in that is $31 billion where General Motors, with a 100-year legacy making millions of cars a year, their capitalization is only $50 billion. Now I know you're saying, oh, but Tesla, it has all this technology. It has battery technology. It's going to be moving into industrial and home energy storage, and it's more than just the automobile. Okay, I know I understand that. I see the technology, but at the same time, $31 billion is invested into a sector, into one individual company that hasn't made a profit and hasn't proved itself. That stock is trading over $246 a share. If it made just $1 a share and had the same valuation as General Motors, it would be selling for $7. Imagine that type of a collapse. $246 down to $7. Would it happen? I think in a rational world it would, but remember, we don't live in a rational world. The saying on Wall Street is that the markets can remain irrational longer than you can remain solvent. But the sell-off on Wall Street is real. It's taken some people by surprise when it shouldn't have. Let's look at two more of these stocks that are darlings of Wall Street and they're having really rough times. I mentioned that the medical sector was down 2% today. 
Gilead, we've talked about that stock on this podcast before. They're a biotech company that has some very advanced treatments for things like hepatitis. But even that defensive, highly favored sector is taking a hit right now. Gilead stock today was down almost 3%. It's down about 6.5% from its high. It's trading right now below its 50-day moving average. That's the second time in less than a month that it's broken below that 50-day moving average. That stock could drop another 15% before it really even gets to a good support level. So even though these favored biotech stocks, these stocks in the medical industry that have done so well for the last year and a half, two years, they're susceptible to the sell-off as well. So that takes us to media stocks. You know, of all the darlings on Wall Street, Walt Disney has been one of the most successful stocks. It's done phenomenal. It's actually been on one of my watch lists. It's, it's been doing so well, and it's, it's had such good relative strength and has been bucking the trend of an otherwise mediocre market that I've been tempted to recently even to, to make some purchases in it. But I was concerned, and I held off. I didn't buy it uh, ahead of earnings this week, and I'm so happy I didn't buy it. In the last two trading sessions, Disney is down about 11%. It gapped down and broke well below its 50-day moving average. Uh, today, in interday trade, it almost hit its 200-day moving average. Although it ended the day only being down about 1.8%, uh, at one time it was down during the day of over 6%. Now, Disney is a fantastic stock. It has great growth potential. It pays a dividend. Everybody on Wall Street loves it. And yet, in a market like we're in, it can still fall from grace. And again, the point I want to make here is even with it being down 11% in just the last two days, its earning valuation is still over 20. It's at about 23 times earnings. To kind of put that in perspective for you, I want to compare that to Walmart. You know that I opened a position in Walmart just a few days ago. I'm anticipating on the 18th when Walmart announces its earnings that it's going to be better than expected and that that stock may pop 10% or more. I'm still holding that trade. Walmart was down about 1% today, but it's still exhibiting acceptable relative strength. Over the last two days when the market's been petering out, it's up about 70 basis points. So I continue to like the technical factors that Walmart is exhibiting. Yesterday, when it had had its big increase, that occurred with maybe 10 or 20% above average volume. So that meant a lot of people were rushing in to buy that stock. Today, when it had almost a 1% decline, its trading volume was significantly below average. So again, to me, that shows that more people were rushing in to buy it yesterday than those that were rushing out to sell it today. It also today closed right at or very near its 50-day moving average. Again, to me, that shows support. For the time being, I'm holding on to my position. Now, again, when they announce earnings in a week or so, if those earnings are not favorable or if the guidance that they give for the rest of the year is less than what Wall Street is expecting, Walmart stock, too, will probably plunge like a rock. That's why I don't invest all my capital in any one stock. For individual stocks, I generally take somewhere between a 5 and a 10% position. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. As much as I like Walmart stock right now, I know that we might be leading into a market correction. That will have an adverse effect on Walmart stock. But at the same time, Walmart stock is one of those defensive sectors. It tends to hold up better in a recession than most other stocks. That doesn't mean that it won't have a price collapse, but historically it does fare better than some other blue chip stocks. And I particularly like Walmart going into any of these troubled times right now 
because it has been so much oversold and it has had a weak valuation. Walmart's price-to-earnings ratio is only about 14.5. Now, we just talked about Walt Disney, so let's compare that to Disney stock. Disney stock is 23 times earnings. Walmart's stock is about 14.5 times earnings. Now, the earnings are very close. They're not exact. Walmart's earnings is probably about a $5 per share, where Disney's is slightly less than that. Disney's maybe $4.60, $4.70 a share, but still in the ballpark, okay, just for comparative uh, reasons. So what that difference in valuations means, though, is that Walmart's stock is trading for about $72 or $73 a share while its earnings are comparable to Walt Disney's, and Disney is trading at almost $109 a share. So you've got Walmart priced with equivalent earnings of around $72 or $73, and Disney, even though that it's just recently plunged 11%, it's trading around $109. The point I'm trying to make here is that although Disney is a phenomenal stock, it has a great future, it's a very successful company, it's favored on Wall Street, it's at about $109 a share. It just dropped 11%. It's at 23 times earnings. If we go into some type of a correction, it could drop even farther because in my opinion, it's valued too high. 23 times earnings in an unstable market like we're in right now is a very high price to pay. If we go into some type of a correction and Wall Street starts worrying about earnings and a stock like Disney experiences some valuation contraction where people start taking a more realistic look at what these stocks are being priced at and they decide to start putting the same value premium on a Disney as they would as on a Walmart, then Disney stock could drop down to something like $68 a share. That would be about a 37, almost a 40% drop from where it is right now. Now, is that likely? I don't know. Is it probable? Absolutely. Again, the point I'm just trying to stress is that many of these stocks are priced extremely high given the uncertain conditions that we're in. For those of you that don't think that Disney stock could hit $67 a share, well, it sure could. It was, it was around the summer of 2012 that Disney broke out and went on to hit these valuations. Remember that stocks tend to retrace their steps. So when something astronomically shoots up, it can also devastatingly fall back down. Again, is it probable? I don't know, but it is possible. In this podcast, I can never offer you specific advice or recommendations. I just talk out loud. I just share my feelings with you. I let you know what type of trades I'm making and what I'm thinking. I try and give you the rationale behind them. But what I do want to do is get the point across to you that although many of you have made a lot of money in the stock market over the past four years or so, that doesn't make you a savvy investor because we've been in an unprecedented bull market for the last six and a half years. And so it's been very hard not to make money. A buy and hold strategy has fared very well since around 2012. But the market moves in cycles. And you need to be cautious and you need to be concerned about protecting your profits and your assets. Well, what's going to happen with the stock market tomorrow or next week? I have absolutely no idea, but I promise I'll be here to cover it for you. So until our next episode, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best of returns.